0: Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA, and today I'm really excited to continue our story of our Loop series. And our guests today will be Karen and Lee McClellan. They'll tell you all about themselves as we jump into this, but before we start, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes and Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners and viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. Karen and Lee, welcome to Great Loop Radio. Thanks for joining me.
1: We are so glad to be a part of this. Um, probably uh, the loop was one of, if not the most significant things that we've had to happen with us. Um, we've been married for 19 years and uh, this was a big adventure for us and we uh, we loved it. We loved every minute of it.
0: Well, and I, you know, I do meet a lot of loopers, but the two of you are one couple that I remember meeting early on in your journey, um, because you both just had such a joyful spirit about being out there and doing this adventure. So I was so excited when we kind of put out the call for anyone who would be interested in this series when when we got the email from the two of you, and I'm thrilled that you're with us. Can't wait to catch up with what you've been doing since the loop. But you know, before you and I just dive into our own catch up, <laughs> let's bring everybody else up to speed on the two of you. Start off with a little bit about yourselves and why you decided to do the Great Loop.
1: Well, um, it it is a story in itself. Um, Really, the plan for retirement was um, Lee wanted to move back home. And by moving back home, that's McClellanville, South Carolina. And so we bought property right before um, the bottom fell out of the market in um, 08. And um, so we've had this property in McClellanville and uh, really thought, that we were going to build our retirement home. And, um, fast forward to, um, 2013, I was in the faculty lounge. I'm a retired professor of nursing and I was in the faculty lounge and there was a parade magazine on the table in there. And it was a couple on a boat. And I, I could tell by the background they were in Chicago because to, uh, Lee's horror he married a Yankee woman I grew up in Indianapolis <laughs> and uh he, uh in fact I lived in Nashville for eight years and he told everybody his family I was from Nashville because he said my daddy'd roll over in his grave if he knew I was married a Yankee woman but anyway um so I grew up in in Indianapolis and I I grew up my father um had many years in the Navy and we always had boats and uh voted on the Ohio River and um, Lake Michigan and he started talking about this loop thing and I was like loop thing what in the world I, I it was geographically challenged I could not get how you could circumnavigate two-thirds of the country and not really spend a whole lot of time in the Mississippi I didn't I couldn't get that but Nobody probably could really get it until the Tom Bigby Waterway was formed. So anyway, I could tell on the background on this picture that was on this parade magazine that this couple was in Chicago and they were on a boat. And I'm like, what is this all about? So I picked it up and they were doing the loop. And so I read the article and I went home and Lee worked on shrimp boats for two years, um, being from McClellanville, which is a little fishing village. So I go home and I'm like, can you drive a big boat? And he goes, what do you mean a big boat? I said, you know, like a 40-foot big boat. He goes, yeah. And I said, and I had this magazine. And I said, I want to do this. <laughs> and he said, what? He goes, okay. And of course, he's always up for an adventure. And um, so then we started the whole process. We joined the, the Loopers Association and went to our first rendezvous in Rogersville. Met Curtis Stokes and... Um, the idea, the i that whole idea was um, launched, and we spent then the next um, seven years or so planning. We bought our boat early on. Um, we bought our boat in um, 2013 because it was the right boat in the right place. It wasn't the right time. We weren't ready to do it, but um, it was a uh, 38 foot Chongwa trawler, and it was located. Um, in Galveston, well, actually on Tiki Island, and um, so we uh, went down there and and we looked at a lot of boats, <laughs> and um, you know we looked at a lot of boats online. Lee Lee referred to it as uh, you can probably edit this out, but you know we did the whole boat porn thing. Oh, Look at oh, yep. We have a
0: <laughs> yeah. lot. Of, we have a lot of members. Yeah. there boat porn. Yep.
1: <laughs> and you know, and he was he was absolutely. Um, sure that he wanted a single engine and because being on those shrimp boats, they all have a one engine um, and they're 70, 80 foot boats that those guys just get where they need to get them and they don't have any problem with them. And he said, you know, whenever, if you have engine issues, it's usually fuel and that's going to affect both engines. And so it, it was the perfect boat. It had a single Ford Lehman And uh, so here we are. We have now purchased ourselves a boat, but we're not ready to to start the loop yet, nor do we want to keep it in Houston um, or the Houston area because just the thought of driving through all that Houston traffic on Friday afternoon to get to it made us both crazy. So we moved it to Beaumont, um, Mm -hmm. Texas. And so that's where we kept it until we were ready to begin. Then we moved it back to Clear Lake because Um, you know, we needed to hire some skilled labor, some skilled folks to do some stuff on the boat. And that was the best place for us to be.
0: Yeah. So you told us a little bit about the boat, um, you know, and that the single engine was especially important to Lee, which I love that perspective because there are so many people who um, want two engines, you know, for the um, the security of having a second engine if something goes wrong with one. So it's very interesting to hear A very experienced commercial mariner um, prefer the single engine and I think that'll open a lot of eyes to the the fact that there really are a lot of possibilities out there so thanks for sharing that but tell us a little bit more about the boat besides the fact that she had a single engine and she was in the right place what made her your perfect looping boat?
1: Well for us um, I told Lee I said now look uh, we gotta have um, a pretty good pretty sizable outdoor area we've got to have space on this boat um and you know we got done with the loop and i can guarantee you probably our marriage was stronger at the end of it but when you think about you're going to be living in 300 ish square feet for you're lucky yeah (laughs) you gotta have uh space and so one thing that i loved about this boat is um that it had a big flybridge, a very livable flybridge. And so that was important to us. Um, The boat was easy to get around. It had um, deep walkways. And for me, that was, because I grew up on Lake Michigan I knew what those great lakes were like and how rough they could get and so and only two places I was ever seasick one was crossing mobile bay that is a treacherous bay it can get very rough very quick and the other was on Lake Michigan The only two <laughs> and we were in open o- o- ocean so anyway it had um, this big fly bridge um and it had um two staterooms. it had um, the master stateroom was aft, um, with a head. Um, and then the forward stateroom, uh, it was twin bunks. Um, and then the salon was a salon galley altogether. Uh, it had two, well, it had a, a freezer and a refrigerator dorm size.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: said, Lee, I, I can't live with this dorm size refrigerator. And this was our big argument. This went on for three years. Um, He goes, oh, he'll be fine. He goes, we'll just get another dorm refrigerator. You'll have plenty of refrigerator. We've got that Yeti cooler. It'll all be good. Don't worry. You're going to have plenty. of. I said, it's not I'm worried about how much space I have. It's getting down on my hands and knees every time I got to find something. But (laughs) anyway, so fast forward, he's now getting ready to work on the boat some and get it ready. So he has a buddy down there for the weekend to help him. So they're working along, and at the end of the day, Mike says to him, so where's the beer? And he goes, oh, it's in, and all of our friends had heard this story that I need a bigger refrigerator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Lee says, oh, it's down there in the refrigerator. And Mike opens up this dorm size refrigerator and goes, dude, this is not going to do. <laughs> so then they spent the rest of the weekend measuring on exactly what size of not a full size refrigerator, but what size of a refrigerator they could get through the salon door it take, they'd had to take the door off. And so I ended up with a 13 cubic foot refrigerator with the freezer on the bottom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Lee had to completely, he took out cabinets and he had to retrofit it. And then he, he built me a cabinet that was really quite ingenious, it opened, instead of it opened from the front, because that's how it was built to be, it opened from the side and it had slide outs that slid out, and so it was plenty big enough. The box itself was the same size, it just opened differently. Mm -hmm. So I didn't lose any of my storage space. I did lose a little bit of counter space, um, but it was worth every penny of it. So that was, and so the boat, it is a, it was an older boat it was an eighty one um Wah, which is a taiwanese built trawler um, you know, and just like all of those Taiwanese um, built boats, it had some issues with leaking windows mm-hmm. and so Lee fixed all that um he he repaired all that he took all the windows out and repaired all that um, we um we were po- we repostered all of the Cushions on the flybridge. Um, we didn't do any rear postering in the salon. It had when we sold it. The, the salon in the forward stateroom had the original upholstery on it. Um, it had um, teak floors throughout. Um, we painted the deck and we stripped all the wood down, all the outdoor wood down, um, and then. Uh, brought it back up and it was beautiful yeah um, absolutely you know so I, uh,
0: what did you tell us what you named the boat because th- that's always a question I forget to ask and there's usually what a good we story. named it mm-hmm. yes
1: well, we kept the original name because I wasn't willing to jump off the boat naked and sw- and swim around counterclockwise <laughs> if you're going to change the name of the boat. Ah, uh, so the old boat cool. naming
0: rituals, yes. <laughs> yeah, but that
1: really uh, wasn't the reason we kept it. It just fit. The name of the boat was on Tiki Island, which is in Galveston. And um, the name of the boat was the Tiki Queen. Mm. And to me, it just fit. Yeah. And it must have fit because people don't even remember us, but they remember that boat.
0: That happens when a lot they, with boat names. Um, yeah. especially so when they, um, and the one. people that, when we sold
1: the boat in Mobile, the guy that bought it is a retired pharmacist in Lake Charles and he didn't change it either. So mm-hmm. she's still, she's in Lake Charles and she's still the tiki point.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that's a little bit different about your story is that you really, you did start. From the Houston area started your loop from there. Um, mm-hmm. We've got lots of loopers who are planning the journey. Um, and many that are in the Houston area, we did one of our looper lifestyle seminars there several months ago, and had a huge turnout. People came from all over, but there were many from Houston. So let's kind of talk about, you know, when you started the loop, um, how long it took you, et cetera. But uh, tell us especially about the the part of the journey that started from Houston till you caught up with the actual Great Loop route around Mobile Bay.
1: Well, we um, we started from Houston, like I said, September. Um, I think it was the sixth. I'm pretty sure it was the day after Labor Day. I think it was September sixth. And um, uh, just a little side note course we were down there and we were working lee retired a year before i did and i didn't um, move on to the boat until july of that that summer and but we were down there every weekend and there's lots of um, marine stores in and around the Kima area and the seabrook area and clear lake and we were in one of the bigger um marine stores and lee looks up and goes captain chris (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he goes yeah what are you doing here and really he said what are you doing here and he goes oh, I'm, I'm I'm training some folks on their new boat they're going to do the loop and he goes you have to meet them and so we did and um that was Curtis and Michaeline Fannum and mm-hmm. um we never caught up with them that we kind of started at the same time but we never caught up with them until we got up in around the Albemarle Sound and that's where we caught up with them and mm-hmm. then we kind of we, we saw them again in Brewerton but then I'll tell you about that we got stuck in Brewerton and <laughs> you'll have to ask me about that and I'll tell you all about
2: okay. that yeah
1: they had the Texas ah uh, yes I remember and, that boat too. um we did see them in um Amarillo, um, we visited there. But anyway, what was your question? I'm- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wanted you to just kind of tell us about um, your loop, uh, kind of in general uh, yeah, terms, okay. you know, right, when yes. you started, I- how long it took, what right. year was it? Uh, it but was also specifically you know, that journey seven- out of Houston.
1: Yeah, so it was September 17th, and um, we left and we went across Galveston Bay. And that got us back into the um, intercoastal behind um, where Carrie and Jeff live. What's the name of that island? Oh my God. Well, anyway, Bolivar. Bolivar Island. We got mm-hmm. behind Bolivar Island and we stayed at the Stingaree restaurant. They have a couple docks there that are very rickety, but we stayed there and the water is very shallow, mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very skinny. And so we are leaving there the next morning and we're now remind, keep in mind, this is the next morning. We already are having an issue. And the issue is Lee says to me, I don't have any steering. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have any steering? <laughs> he goes, I can't steer the boat. He goes, I don't know if it means, um, Steering fluid or whatever. So we was putting steering fluid in the upstairs helm station and it was leaking to the floor in the downstairs helm station. Thanks. So with our bow thruster, um, we are able to get over there. Is a t- there's a little tug that is tied up uh, and we can get over to him and tie up along. He said, just tie up alongside me and I'll help you figure out what's going on. Well, so he did, and he came aboard, and it was a little O-ring in that down that downstairs um, station that it was just leaking all this this fluid, the steering fluid, all over the place. So he um, he and Lee took it apart, fixed it. He then gave me a recipe, which I put in our journal, in order to make this fluid because we didn't have any. He had <laughs> we didn't have any.
2: So You can take diesel, a certain portion of diesel, and a certain portion of motor oil and mix it together and make power steering fluid. Wow. If you need it anyway. That's yeah, so I put that
1: recipe in my in the journal. And so then we got underway and we just began that, That process, um, we went to um, the next place, I guess, of significance that we stopped. Um, Now, you have to keep in mind that this whole intercoastal is very, very commercial. Mm -hmm. And not only is it very, very commercial, but it's very, very windy. And we're a trawler. We don't go very fast. And so to get around these tugs, you, you have to be on the radio constantly and they are so gracious. They were so gracious to us. And um, so then we we anchored. We got we went through the Berwick locks, which are very industrial, and we anchored a, a, in a little lake that's kind of off of the intercoastal. And the next morning, and we put two anchors out, and the next morning um, we get ready to pull anchor. And you have to keep in mind where we're deep, deep in Cajun country. And there's alligators
0: Mm
1: -hmm. going into the water and coming out all around us. And so Lee pulls the aft anchor and he goes to start the boat and she won't start. I'm like, what do you mean she won't start?
0: (laughs) Day two, (laughs) second day of problems. (laughs) Yeah,
1: she won't start. And it was a fuel filter. But anyway, long story short, some guys in a John boat, they come cruising by and um, they say, well, are you having problems? And Lee goes, I can't get my boat started. And they and this one guy said, well, I'm a diesel mechanic. Do you mind if I come over wow. and look at it? <clears throat> and these guys were so incredible. It was a, 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 a father-in-law and a son-in-law. And he said, he worked on it. He goes, I don't know what's wrong with it. But um, I had no cell service no Verizon cell service. They had AT&T. And so I used their phone. The best thing we ever purchased was Boat US tow insurance. And so Uh I called them. This is how, what a newbie I am. I didn't even realize you could raise them on the radio. Uh I could have raised them on the radio. I didn't even Uh know that. Okay. I know Uh that now, but I didn't then. So Boat US sent somebody, towed us back through the Berwick locks and took us to the Berwick Dock, which is a very, very commercial dock, and said the next morning he he said the tow guy said I'm going to send a, a mechanic down here. I know a mechanic, and so that mechanic comes, and so I'm sitting in the helm. They got the whole engine compartment pulled apart, and I'm sitting in the helm seat. And I'm vacillating between crying and praying. I'm like, oh <laughs> God, how much? And I'm I'm calculating my head. I'm like. Okay, this guy can't figure this out. I'm going to have to get a mechanic. We're probably going to have to fly a mechanic in here. Cha-ching. We're going to have to put him up. Cha-ching. He's going to come aboard and fix whatever's wrong. Cha-ching. You know, I'm getting all this. And so then Lee says, I'm going to call American Diesel. And so he calls American Diesel. And the guy said, Brian. Brian, he says, what kind of fuel filters you got going on there? And Lee had changed the fuel filters right before we went to Avery Island. And um, what did you tell us? You tell it was a
2: Wix, Wix filter or whatever. And he said, he said oh, well, take it off and throw it away. He said, don't use Wix filters. <laughs> he, said, he said, that's your problem. And Brian with American Diesel, because you know American Diesel just knows everything about a Ford Lehman engine. Mm-hmm. So I, I listened to what Brian said. I changed the filter and put the right filter on there. And we never had any problem. no
1: that's not true we did have a problem that's a problem problem. that got us started so then we start our journey again we go back through the berwick locks and we're we're traveling along and uh very commercial keep in mind very Mm -hmm. commercial and there's a tug coming towards us and um lee says i don't have any steering he goes i don't have any power i said what do you mean you don't have any power he goes the engine is dead i'm like what and so I get on the radio and I call this guy and I said, you know, we're the pleasure craft that is off your bow and we don't have any power. He said, what do you mean? You don't have any power. And I said, we don't have any power. He goes, Oh, I won't say what he said mm-hmm. And I'm like and mm-hmm. Lee's got the bow thruster and that's all he has and we were able to get into a little oxbow where they were painting on some big old commercial barge and so we get in there and these guys are painting and I said hey I said can you tie us off we don't have any power and these guys are just painting away and they're just looking <laughs> at me You know, I said, hey, will you take a rope and tie us off? I mean, they're just painting away. They don't even, and here comes two guys in street clothes and they go, what's wrong, ma'am? And I said, we don't have any power and we got to fix this boat. Can you tie us off? He said, sure, throw us a a rope. And they tied us off and they were painting these big ballers on the boat, um, New York cab yellow. So I threw my brand new ropes up there. (laughs) And yeah. he tied us off, and Lee got the boat going. And he, he gave me my ropes back, and they were all had the yellow markings. All of the- <laughs> them so that was our that was our second debacle, our third debacle, I guess. And we haven't even gotten out of Louisiana yet. Yeah, so
0: do, and, and I think um, let's take a break and play a message when wanna, from one of our sponsors. When we come back, I, I want to kind of jump to. Um, it, how you kind of recovered from the early challenges and what you really got Mm -hmm. out of the loop. So, um, you know, we'll we'll talk a a little bit about what the loop has has meant for you when we come back. So we'll be back in a moment. Schooner Island Marina is the only full service floating dog marina on the island in Wildwood, New Jersey. Offering ship store, pool, brokerage and new boat sales, gas and diesel, mobile pump out, and a full service yard for any repair needs. Even better for loopers, you can walk to grocery, convenience stores, shops, and restaurants. Wildwood offers one of the most expansive beaches in South Jersey and the best amusement park rides, all within a 15-minute walk. A short ride up the ICW from Cape May Inlet leads you to our well-protected marina. Visit schoonerislandmarina.com for more info. We're back on Great Loop Radio today. We are talking with Karen and Lee McClellan. They are gold loopers who completed the loop a few years back, and they are sharing the story of their Great Loop and telling us about some of their adventures. So, um, Karen and Lee, you were kind of filling us in on a less than illustrious start to your loop where you had several issues kind of back-to-back. And honestly, I, I feel like that's not all that uncommon, even if you've done some shakedown cruises um, you know, this is when you start off on the loop, it's the first time perhaps that you're doing some of this extended cruising aboard the boat. So it's not all that unusual to have a couple of rough patches at the start. But, and and I know from chatting with you that even with those challenges, overall, your loop was, I think you have called it an epic adventure. So tell us a little bit about what doing the great loop has meant to you. What, you know, how did the journey change the two of you?
1: Well, it, it certainly made us realize that we could work together. And um Lee, I don't know if Lee was ever afraid of anything. There were times that I was. Um, there were times when the water was so rough and you know, I was thinking, Lord have mercy, I'm going to go downstairs, and because to get up to our flybridge, you have to go up to these two steps. I mean, they were deep steps and they weren't like on the grand banks where they were just little steps. They were big fiberglass indentions. Mm -hmm. And I thought I could like get thrown off this boat and we wouldn't even know. (laughs) 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 But um, I think that, you know, we really learned that we could work together we really learned without a doubt that you shouldn't wait, you should do it because this is probably one of the most epic things we've ever done, and people are just amazed, and so you know you get bragging rights, and I don't mean that to sound arrogant, um but it's something that very few people ever do, and certainly there's people that start it and they don't complete it um I am. Um, I think that it, I learned a lot about the country. I learned a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I always kind of thought that maybe Lee might have a health issue, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. I uh, broke my arm in Tarpon Springs and didn't even know it, um, that it was broken. We were getting ready to leave Tarpon Springs and start down the west coast of Florida and because we were meeting people in Key West and uh lee said what well, do you want to go to the, to the hospital you know we got to get to key west you want to <laughs> go to the hospital you know we got to get to key west and i'm thought far be it for me to keep us from getting from <laughs> key west. so it wasn't until i got to key west that i got an x-ray and found out that my elbow was broken um so i, I had that issue and uh You know, I, gosh, I don't know what we learned about each other and the loop, uh, you know, that I I think that it just brought us closer together.
2: I I don't remember any issues that I felt like were really horrible issues, you know, Mm -hmm. the fuel issue. We're sitting in in the intercoastal waterway, uh, very safe, very protected, no no main problem now. It, it was inconvenienced, and I had worked on shrimp boats. I had been from, from Gulf Shores, Alabama, to Nags Head, North Carolina, for two mm-hmm. years working on shrimp boats. I, I really didn't feel like I started the loop until we started up the Hudson River. Mm-hmm. And I, just,
1: I agree with that, The too. scenery
2: from Galveston to New Jersey, the scenery don't change. It, yeah. it, 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 it's just, wow, this is boring. <laughs> but once we started up, up the Hudson River, I felt like, wow, I was, and I, I got a education in geography. And I, mm-hmm. my whole life, I grew up in the South. And I thought, well, that I, I was a low, uh, Liria going up North, you know, people up North is strange. Well, <laughs> that, that's not true. <laughs>
0: She's from
2: <so> Nashville. <natural. laughs> I, <laughs> I was in, I was in uh, Brewerton, New Mm -hmm. York, and I called my brother on the phone, and I said, hey man, I said, we've been fed fake news our whole life. (laughs) These people up here are nice. I said, Mm -hmm. there's farmers and wineries and and, uh, fishermen, and I I said, you get about 30 miles north of New York City, and people just, when we think of New York, we think of New York City. Mm -hmm. And I I said, it's just, Fake news. Our whole life, we've been fed fake news. I said, yep. I can live up here. I, yeah. These are nice people. And yep. So and I, geographically, travel it, it 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 educated me a lot.
0: Yeah, well, and I think and I think I've said this recently on our podcast, but um, one of the quotes I love about the Great Loop, and I think it applies in your situation too, is that it's enough of a challenge to be an accomplishment when you finish it. So that, you know, the, the the challenges you have along the way are part of what makes it that sense of accomplishment when you finish it. But it's not so challenging that the whole thing becomes a huge ordeal. Um, you know, it's, it's challenging enough to be an accomplishment, but not so challenging that it's an ordeal to do it. And I have found that to be true <laughs> on my way around as well. Um, so as we start to run out of time already, um, tell us any advice that you would give to people who are just now contemplating whether or not to do the loop
1: do it don't wait um do it do it do it it. and take your time um anchor more um definitely take your time we we were on the loop for two years but that was really because we lost our transmission um at lock twenty-two on the Erie Canal had to get towed to Brewerton. And so then by the time they got all that fixed, it was just too late to go on up into Canada. So we stored the boat for six months. And it's okay. You can store the boat. You mm-hmm. the boat stayed in Apalachicola for 40 days. We weren't on it, but the boat was there because um you know we it was the holidays and we went home for the holidays and and all of that. Don't do not overpack that boat (laughs) do not because you don't need all that stuff you you do not need all that stuff and there is a walmart in every port you know you can get if you need something you can get it um that's one of the things i wish that i had not taken uh even a half of what i took because we didn't need it we never wore it we never used it we didn't you know you don't need it so um, but I, I suppose that the two, if we were to ever do this again, which I don't think we are, but if we ever were to do this again, we would anchor a
2: whole lot more and we would slow down. Mm-hmm. And the, the cost, the cost of it, I think it's cost it's, it, we have spent more in the last two years <laughs> uh, land because yeah. of <laughs> and living in an apartment and trying to build a house. The loop was cheap compared to their vehicles.
1: I mean, you're gonna do all those things anyway. You're gonna you're gonna go out to dinner. You gotta buy groceries. You gotta put Mm -hmm. fuel in your car, and we were lucky. Um, Diesel was cheap when we did the loop uh, compared to what it Mm -hmm. is now. So we were very very fortunate. But you still, you know, you have to you have to put fuel in your vehicles, and you have all the maintenance on your home. And we kept our dirt house, um, but we leased it. So we were then again, very fortunate that when we had to come off the boat for those um, five months, six months, whatever it was, um, we had a friend that had a guest house and we Mm -hmm. stayed in her guest house. Um, So we were very fortunate from that perspective. Um, But Absolutely. absolutely take your time.
0: And, and tell us just last question. Why do you say anchor more? What is it about anchoring that you wish you had done more of?
1: Because it's just so peaceful and it's just, it really allows you to get back to nature and to really enjoy what is so important about the loop. Now, don't get me wrong. Docktails are amazing. Mm-hmm. We had our first cocktail uh, experience in, um, um at Halfman bay
0: mm-hmm. that was our
1: very first docktail we never did any cocktails. lots of Do- and then in Campbellford Canada then we had this huge docktail event and we met people there that we have held on to and will continue to hold on yeah. to you will meet lots and lots of people um but there will be some people that you will never forget and those folks that we met in Campbellford I will never forget those people
0: Oh, I love the, to hear that the
2: locks you know mm-hmm. you you've been through a lot of locks now, so you mm-hmm. know that they're not intimidating they're, they're not
0: they're really they're not scary
2: people people uh hear horror stories and and have fears that after we have went through about eighty locks and after we anchored about twenty or thirty times that's why I said mm-hmm. we we'd anchor a lot more now first lock we came first lock we came to in Louisiana that Karen was very nervous because we heard all these oh. horrible lock mm. stories. But, you know, that was
1: in New Orleans,
2: and uh, we yeah. came up to the lock in New Orleans, and and I I called uh, I called for a lock open, and he said he said just uh, just float around the cap, and he said when when this tow comes out, he said just drive straight through. He said he he, he the water level was right; he didn't go mm. up or down. He just, I just drove through the lock. <laughs> I said, exactly. Oh wow, that was pretty easy
1: the commercial lock and the the pleasure craft lock in um Houston was closed for repair so we had to go through the commercial lock
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: um so I called for for that and he goes yeah he goes great he goes I'm going to bring you in he goes I've got a double toe in here and I'm bringing a single toe in and you're going to come in and tie up to the single toe I said what (laughs) <laughs> he goes, it'll be fine. Don't worry. Cause I've heard all these horse stories. You don't ever tie up to those, those toes because you'll get crunched. Right. he will be fine. I've already talked to them and they're, they're waiting on you. And I'm like, okay, so you, you gotta have faith. You uh,
0: there's faith. a first for all of those things. And the first time can be a little bit disconcerting, but, um, even when it doesn't go the way you expect, it's usually not a significant problem. No. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> it, it, you know, you hear the horror our, stories. Our little fuel issues that we had. Now she makes it sound like it was a horrible yeah. issue, but it's like if you were fishing on Lake Murray and, and you, you had a fuel filter stopped up on your outboard motor. It
1: makes for a good and story. So when
2: you it about. makes
0: for the good stories. And I think yeah. for those who maybe it's, are a little bit reluctant, little they issue. latch onto those. Yeah. And yeah. um <laughs> You know, even, even the challenges and, are overcomable. So I hope yes. um, people have and listened all, to this the, and gotten that message.
1: All the women out there, they need to, they just need to do it. They can go home <laughs> anytime they want and see those grandbabies. That's okay. That
0: is and those so grandbabies true.
1: are still going to be there. Um, you know, we went home a lot uh, and uh, it, just do it, do it.
0: All right. We are out of time, so we're going to hold it there, but Karen and Lee McClellan, thank you so much for sharing the story of your loop and, and some of your um, challenges and highlights along the way. Um, when, enjoy... you get back to
2: Somerville, when you get back to Somerville, uh, let us know. You and Michael can come up for dinner. We would love to. Because
0: we're, uh, we're neighbors now, and um, <laughs> Karen and Leela McClellan are now in McClellanville, so are you the mayor now? <laughs> <laughs> well no not
1: exactly but um we are going to be harbor hosts we want to be harbor hosts for mcclellanville oh, and, and certainly promote mcclellanville so it's a great it's a little great
0: town fishing village. Really yeah
2: is. absolutely all
0: right kim well, thank, thank you, you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure thank you for being here and thanks to everyone who has listened and watched today we'll be back next week with another episode of great loop radio until then safe cruising